It is the Wednesday edition of Marawa Sports Worldwide. It's the 6th of November, 2019, 0605842250. We'll take all of your reaction there. It's also live on Metro FM 96.4 and also Radio 2097.2 to 100FM. Hashtag MSW Soccer Nights. Cape Town City, new coach. I said about a week ago that there'll be resignations in SA football. You didn't believe me, but I can safely tell you uh, that the South African Football Association announcing yesterday that the acting CEO, Russell Paul, has resigned from his position and will be replaced by SAFA's vice president, uh, Gay Mukwena. Now, Paul's kind of leaving his position to take over as tournament director of the 2022 Qatar uh, World Cup in the Middle East. Hmm. Great job there. My tickets are sorted. Good evening, Russell Paul. Evening, <laughs> Rob, and evening to the listeners. You leaving, and yet we're still at a time where we were still waiting for the late Senzo Mayor's uh, statue to be erected there at Safa House. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the president provided uh, a answer to the media uh, in the week as well. Um, when he uh, spoke about this, there were some challenges around it in discussions uh, with the uh, with the dad as well. And uh, obviously, with the dad passing on, uh, there was some request from the family. And I think uh, it's a matter that uh, the family asked us just to hold off uh, on it. And uh, we're not really at liberty to speak more because it becomes a private matter. Were they against the erecting of the statue? My understanding is that they wanted closure before uh, the statue is erected because the belief was that a statue going up, uh, effectively closes the matter, and the matter is not closed, as we all know. The, you know, uh, to the best of our knowledge, the killers are still at large. Okay. All right. So I'm sure it's an issue we will further deal with with the president, uh, seeing that the idea initially came through uh, from his office. You are resigning. You've resigned. You're off on Friday, I believe, to Qatar. What's happening? Yeah, thanks, Rob. And just uh, obviously from a correction point of view, um, I have been appointed as the Chief Operations Officer at uh, Qatar 2022. Uh, and that's effective from uh, uh, Sunday. You know, they operate from Sunday to, to Thursday. So, yeah, I should be leaving on uh, Friday. All documents being in order, I should be leaving on Friday. As the CEO of the entire 2022 Qatar World Cup? COO, yeah. COO. That is yes. a that is a major appointment, Russell Paul. Congratulations. Well, thanks very much. It's uh, obviously it's, it's an honour, and uh, one is extremely proud of. Uh, uh, you go there with pride uh, on that basis, and that, I think the more important thing is that you're representing a nation, you're representing your country, and that's what makes you proud. And when did all of this start cooking in the background? Well, yeah, for about a month and a half, uh, that's how it's been uh, cooking. Uh, approaches have been made, uh, discussions were held. Um, and, yeah, it's not something that uh, comes by your way every every month. And I had to take the opportunity, uh, you know, enjoyed my stint uh, at SAFA. But this is an opportunity in a lifetime and an opportunity to represent and an opportunity to contribute. And what are you looking forward to the most, though? Because you've been involved in major tournaments. I think a lot of people got 
wind and sight of a Russell Paul uh, when you were uh, put into the position of the acting CEO itself. I don't know if that was ever made official or 100% of an appointment or it still stood as an acting CEO. Um, but you've always been involved in major tournaments. Where does this rank, though, in terms of that? No, as I said to uh, to the media as well when we when we had this discussion yesterday, you know, it's one of those where you, you end up from the dusty fields of Cape District out in Weinberg and Lansdowne, uh, the Lansdowne football fields, and now you end up uh, literally going full circle uh, and you're ending up on lush green fields of a World Cup uh, venue. Uh, so it is a, a major thing there. I think you, you know, in the previous activities and involvements have been on the ground. Uh, now you, you know, you're kind of in the back room. Uh, trying to help make sure that uh, everything in the long run uh, will go uh, smoothly. And I think we need to also hats off to the Qataris and FIFA at this stage. They have progressed exceptionally well. And I think the responsibility is to to try and fine-tune a lot of these uh, things and uh, make sure that we deliver uh, a a world-class event. And have you been there recently? Yes, I I was there about... uh, month and a half ago, and uh, as I say, they they very well advanced. Um, but again, you know, you're going into a venue that uh, has, or a, a country that has own challenges. You're going to be involved in a World Cup that is effectively being played in the smallest country ever. Uh, you know, everything is literally 60, 70 k's away, and you have the opportunity to watch two games within one day, and uh, you can take a car and drive there within 45 minutes to an hour. And the hottest as well. And the hottest as well, but I can assure you that the players will be as comfortable uh, as playing in uh, Russia in winter, uh, if it has to get to that. I mean, I, I was one of the, the venues, you're talking about 45 degrees outside, and as you walk into a stadium, which is about 50% complete, the air conditioners uh, inside the stadium were already running, and the temperatures were at 19 degrees. Sure, at 19 degrees. That is... 19 degrees. And obviously, it can be regulated to room temperature, in a sense, of around 22. And, okay, I know we're going into detail, and I would love to do that, you know, at a a later stage when you've settled down there and we call you. Hopefully, you don't reject our calls and, uh, you know, ask us who who we are and where we're from and where we know you from. Uh, No, let's always remember your roots. I'm glad to hear that. But just that drastic drop, especially, you know, within an area, an arena, uh, like a football arena, uh, how, how strong, how many of these aircons then would have to be populated around the stadium? Look, again, I can't give you the exact details of how many, but I can tell you that you know in most of uh, all these football fields, etc., you, you generally have a little wall that's about 1.2 meters high uh, off the pitch, about uh, 2 meters off the pitch, and the aircons are basically situated in there, and they are flowing out onto the pitch side as much as aircons also being in the stands. So even spectators, you know, where we have our, our walkways and we have uh, water channels operating, uh, they've got aircons. So even the spectators sitting in the stands are going to feel as comfortable and as cool as is possible. So, yeah, you might think from a player's perspective that uh, it's a drastic drop, but it's obviously regulated within the stadium itself, within the dressing rooms, and therefore they'll be easily acclimatized around it. You don't expect them to, to walk in for 45 and then just run into a pitch that's uh, about uh, uh, 22 degrees. Oh. 
All right. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to having conversations with you once you've settled on that side, because uh, we need all the convincing amidst all the uh, negativity that first reigned, whether it's from a political front, whether it's from, you know, exactly what we're talking about here, Russell, with regard to the heat, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, human, uh, you know, when humans are being exploited from a working perspective. Uh, so we, you know, we need to try get down to the bottom of all that, and then obviously close to the time, you know, the happy moments of tickets and availability, and potentially <laughs> how people will then be transported to a World Cup uh, scenario. Now, I, I was just looking at it and saying, you came into the acting CEO position. It's almost a year now. You know, September 2018 is when you came in, so it's a year and some change. What would you say? Talking about change, you've been able to change it, Safa. I think I think one of the big issues that uh, we had is, uh, given the the financial and economical climate within our country, morale was a little bit on the low side. Uh, uh, you know, people were a little bit unsure about where they're coming from and what they what they're going to do. But we we managed to stabilize that position. So, notwithstanding the challenge that we faced uh, uh, financially, uh, we managed to make sure that we boosted the morale. Uh, people were arriving uh, at their jobs every single day, and we had zero challenges uh, ensuring that we kept the the ship afloat. All right, the young one's going to miss you when you go. No worries. No, she's uh, she's joining us. Uh, Mom and the little one will be joining me in uh, December. Uh, so there won't be any challenges there. We're going as a family. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Love that. This this is a long plan coming all together. Love it. Yeah. And, and and just from, obviously, from a, a again, from a software perspective, the challenges of the financial side of things, were we able to get things right as an association overall, as say we, because everybody, uh, you know, understandably falls under software. No, uh, that that's one of the one of the big things that we've managed to achieve over the over the period of time is bring a fair amount of stability. It was never easy when uh, you come in and you and you have a 150 million rand hole to plug. Um, as you know, when we had our broadcast deal that uh, didn't exist uh, and uh, didn't op- operate, we've now managed to secure that broadcast deal. And as I was telling uh, a lot of the media, that uh, just uh, watch the space effectively in the media over the next couple of weeks. A month or so, there'll be some exciting, further exciting announcements regarding Bafana, Bafana, Banyana, Banyana, soccer as a whole, uh, and even women's football. So, you know, we've tried to tie up a few deals, and those things will come to fruition uh, very, very shortly. Safa getting sponsorships. Safa getting back into the into the string of sponsorships. So Safa getting sponsorships. That's good, and it's across the board. It's not just Bafana Bafana. It's the ladies, it's, it's the junior Bafana. national teams. Yeah, junior national teams, women's football. Um, as I say, the main, the main beneficiary is SAFA as a whole, um, and this augurs well for the game, and that's why we say we've turned that corner. I think, you know, what, what helps us turn the corner is over the last uh, uh, year and a little bit, as you're well aware, every single national team literally qualified for, for competitions uh, internationally, uh, both on the continent and uh, abroad in World Cups. Uh, the under-23s are on the verge of qualifying for the Olympics. We, we hope that they'll finish in the top three to be able to qualify for the Olympics. And this has helped us uh, in that uh, vein. So we've endured the most successful period from a competition, from a participation and a performance perspective in the history of South African football. 
but still, Safa would not be attending that uh, Natim Tatwa sports-inspired uh, Indaba around football in the country. Yeah, I think we, we've made the position clear on uh, on that perspective. There are a number of elements that uh, need to go through. Uh, obviously, far be it from me to, to comment much further, and it's safe to say that uh, you know I was part of uh, meetings that we held, and uh, it's our expectancy that uh, we would continue having a, a briefing with the minister prior to the Indaba, and uh, that's uh, what we put out into the media as well. We obviously there is uh, uh, room for this. We've held uh, a few Indabas ourselves uh, in the past, but I think what's what's very important for everybody to understand that. Uh, the FIFA statutes are very clear, Articles 14, 15, and 19, in particular Article 14, 3, 1, that if you go look at that particular article, it says, even if you as a member association are not directly involved in an activity that seems to be uh, uh, interfering with your powers or the role that you play, uh, the association can face suspension, much the same way as the Nigerians, the Senegalese, the Malawis, the Kenyans, uh, Ghanaians, every other uh, country in Africa has uh, kind of faced that kind of suspension for interference by third parties. Hmm. And w- w- when you look at yourselves as football and you've been invited to something of this nature here, d- do you not find it strange that you would be the, the one party, obviously, that would be invited, uh, but surely and surely you would not be the only ones that would be involved? Uh, there would also be the commercial entities or the, or the league. W- do you get a sense that they were invited as well? We, we have no clue about the invitees. We can't talk to you about invitees yeah. uh, um, because we don't know. Uh, you know, we, we did not send out invites ourselves. I mean, that, that's how it would normally happen. But we certainly didn't do that. So as far as invitees are concerned and who is, who is being invited or potentially invited, I think that's a question that uh, the Department of Sport and the Ministry should answer. And as you leave, what would you say is the biggest challenge from your observation in the one year and some change that you've been in charge as the acting CEO, what's the biggest challenge facing SA football right now? I think for me, Rob, if there is a, a, a disappointment, if there is a, a, uh, an area that I think uh, I, I was not able to get to, and that is trying to, to reach out to our regions on a face-to-face level down below. You know, the president has been doing that over the last few months now very successfully. But from my perspective and an administrative perspective, it's the one thing that, that I think, uh, uh, you know, has been a shortcoming. And that really came about because all you were trying to do was keep a uh, keep the ship floating and uh, trying to get it to where we are today And uh, in that perspective. So I believe that the incoming uh, uh, CEO, uh, you know, we're going to have an acting one now for the next uh, three or four months as per the president. But I think that the brief to the, to the incoming uh, individual would be that he or she should uh, also, once the, the ship has been stabilized uh, in its totality, is to really get out down to the ground, meet with our local football associations, meet with the regions, and try and help them to also become commercially viable and less reliant uh, on the national association. I mean, as you know, mm-hmm. we're probably only the football association in the world, but when we run an interprovincial tournament, we make sure that the, you know, the bus is paid for the teams to come up to, the, to, to Johannesburg if we're playing there. We feed the kids for a week. We clothe them for a week. Uh, we give them kits for a week in terms of playing, etc. Then we send them back. We pay for, pay for those fuel, accommodation, the drivers, etc. We do that. And we have many of these interprovincial tournaments that take place. 
Uh, and that's a drain on our financial resources. So that's important to try and help make the local football associations in the region self-sustaining. The new CEO that you talk about, who was he or she? Well, there's an acting CEO who is the uh, uh, vice president of SAFA. He was appointed uh, yesterday as well, uh, Mr. Gay McQuenna. He's got uh, vast experience uh, uh, from a business perspective and also a, a long history in football in his own province from Pumalanga. Uh, and he will be a tremendous asset for the organization. Would he be the, the answer in a full-time appointment as CEO? That's not for me to, to comment on. That's for the executive president uh, uh, and himself uh, to make that call. I think he made it clear that he, he really wants to be in an acting position for the next couple of months. But I suppose if things go very, very well, he may well be persuaded by the members. Uh, you know, we all at the end are there to serve uh, the game and serve it as best as we can. You've occupied top positions, Mr. Russell Paul. When you come back from Qatar post-2022 World Cup, I mean, you look at next year, it's already 2020, and uh, 2022 just becomes a hop, skip, and a jump away. When you come back from Qatar, assuming you ever do, or else you go to Zurich to take over FIFA, would you come back as SAFA president? (laughs) Rob, I mean, I've served my time as uh, as a National Executive Committee member. I I made myself available at that stage in uh, 1997. And, uh, you know, that, that was my foray into, into the politics of football. I think I'm best suited to, to operational level and administration level, uh, where it's, it's a lot more hands-on operations. And I think we also need to understand that football is uh, a democratic process in terms of how people are elected. You don't just decide on who's going to be there. It's what people want. Uh, but for me, I think I've paid my dues uh, from a political level. And I'm more suited to to try and deal things on an operational level and on the ground. Yeah, you can operationally be the president of SAFA and steer us back into the right direction. So we start winning things. I mean, I look at uh, during your tenure where the women's under-17 national team qualified for the FIFA World Cup in Uruguay. I was looking at the under-20 men's national team who won the Kosafa Cup 2018 and qualified for the FIFA World Cup in Poland. I'm looking at Banyana Banyana, who were runners-up of the uh, Oikon in Ghana. Uh, where they lost in the final when they played against Nigeria. It was penalties, and they qualified for the FIFA World Cup in France. They also won the Kosovo Cup title. Bafana Bafana reaching the last eight of the AFCON tournament in Egypt. Under-23s qualifying for AFCON eight-nation tournament in Egypt. Futsal team qualifying for the AFCON tournament scheduled for Morocco in April. That with you in charge, whether you call it operationally, hands-on politics, doesn't matter. You take it all. You put it into a grinder. You make it into one, and you operate as the one who leads the association. Surely, Russell, this is made tailor-made for you when you come back. No, Rob, I, I think yeah, it's a feather in one's cap that uh, you know you've been part of that and part of a team that has helped deliver that. But I think the starting point for that was the the crafting of Vision 2022 by the president and the national executive back in 2013. They crafted that from a political and strategic uh, perspective. And uh, uh, ours, from an operational perspective on the ground, was to deliver that and implement that. And I think that's what we did. So as a unit, we've achieved that. Whether the politicians, whether the administrators, whether our regions, whether our local football associations, uh, the club chairman down there at a, a, a club out in Mittels Plain or Randburg or in Polokwane, we've all contributed to the fact that that team uh, called Banyana Banyana or Bafana Bafana in the AFCON or the Under-17 
they all and we all contributed, including yourself, in terms of getting people hyped up for this, getting people and getting that chiest going. Um, we've all contributed to that. So I think we've all played a small role in that. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, I can walk away and saying yeah, that was my small contribution over there, but together with the rest of the country, together with the nation and every other single person in this country, uh, we achieved that together. Mm. All right. Russell Paul, I, I simply wish you nothing but the best. Uh, it's a major, major appointment, one that South Africans should celebrate uh, as equally as they celebrate achievements that are achieved by the likes of the box winning a World Cup. I know it might be stretching it, but you have to do uh, international World Cup duty yourself as a COO of the tournament overall. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a it's a big one, and I'm sure that in your capable shoulders uh, you'd be able to pull it through. So from all of us here on Marawa Sports Worldwide, good luck to you. Thank you, Rob, and uh, thanks to the listeners. Thanks so much there. The uh, former acting CEO of SAFA, Russell Paul, going on to the uh, become the COO of the 2022 Qatar World Cup.